Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Hi, and welcome back to IT for Whiskey. I am Craig with my friends, Myron and Joe. Hey. And today's topic is cloud services. Oh, you guys sound so alive. I'm alive and well. So just so we uh, set off the episode just as warm as normal, I am drinking Elijah Craig. <sighs> it is a 12-year bourbon. <sighs> it is the barrel proof. Oof. It's about 120 proof. Very nice. It is a very good bourbon. This is not the same one that we drank in San Antonio. The one in San Antonio, I think it was 94 proof. Yeah, but let me tell you, man, you brought that to me. I've been drinking that a lot. I think I've said it before. So this is one of the uh, the bourbons. If you were to come visit me, you could only drink from the bottle once. Just want to reiterate that. <laughs> the likelihood of you guys coming to Indiana is very low. True at all. It would be a good time. It would be a good time. <laughs> Trust me. I, I will be there sooner than you know. It, it won't be in two weeks. So it'll be all gone by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So cloud services is a broad topic. I don't know if you guys want to wean it down a little bit for our listeners to uh, better understand what it is that we're going to talk about. Do you want to explain a little bit, Myron? Or Sure. I mean, let's talk about the different platforms that are out there for cloud. If if I'm looking for to partner with a cloud provider, you know, let's talk about Azure or Google or AWS. I mean, which one and why? And these are opinions, obviously, right? Because everybody has their own opinion. Are you using any of them? Are you not? Who do you use for Office 365? We are a Sherwood reseller now due to Joe. He hooked us up, I think it was last year. So we've been slowly moving everybody over to, 
to that platform for Office 365 and Azure. Why? So the Sure Web platform and the web interface is actually very intuitive to use and manipulate. So it was very easy to quickly onboard customers and get them going without a lot of uh, work. We started out with Ingram's solution. It just flat out fell on its face. I, we just had a horrible time trying to get it to work. We actually moved everything over to SureWeb. The other one that we also interface with is Intermedia. Uh, we do use that for select customers. I do not sell any of the phone products with Intermedia. Of course not. Honestly, I got to tell you this much, and this is nothing against Intermedia, but we worked with them years ago through the Ingram program, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're, they're not so great, and the consistency was key for us, and that's why we met with SureWeb, and I will say, they charge an extra one or two point premium, but in my opinion, it's worth every single penny. SureWeb includes the migration. That was key. So yeah, that's key for us. So for us, I can and I can and do charge our customers twenty five dollars a seat just to migrate their services over. There's no cost to us from SureWeb. There is cost from to us from a labor perspective. Like there's still some manual time required to set everything up, organize it, and get the information and broker the information back and forth. But at the end of the day, you know, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that there's no cost to them. You can charge your customers and make money on it. But the most important thing is the quality. Their people are actually really good. And that's why I like them. They, they do schedule very well. I have to admit the communication with that company when it comes to a migration is top. And the follow-up. Greg, just sorry to interrupt full disclosure. SureWeb is not a sponsor. They're not an influencer. It's a very valid point to, to point out is that they're not actually financially backing this. We're telling you this because from our perspective, and I think all of us would agree on this, is there's very few cloud service providers out there today that really care about your business. These guys have got it right, and they do care. So we use it as well because of Joe. And it wanted solidifies the, the whole, uh, you got to go to the events and you got to network, right? Because, you know, if I hadn't met Joe, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't. Hey, if, I may, if I may make a point, SureWeb's never been at one of our events. No. No, they haven't. Never been to any of the events. I'll fix that. I'll, I got some pull there. I'll, I'll talk to my rep and I'll, I'll, I'll break them. Okay. 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 Big shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a big shot. I'm joking. I have no pull there, by the way. <laughs> so we, we are using them and we like the fact that uh, migration is free or included, we do charge our customers to migrate them over. I do have a problem with them. We can't use them for the ITAR compliance stuff. No. So from that standpoint, it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. I got to find another provider. So if anybody knows who is ITAR compliant that offers Office 365, please let me know. From a vendor standpoint, they've been great for our MSP. Uh, we've moved over a lot of customers uh, to Office 365, and they've taken on the, the burden of the migration. And that's, that's fantastic for us. I agree. What else do you use that you guys feel that are rock solid and I should be using? We use WebTitan. You ever work with them? No. From a security perspective, there's, there's two vendors I, I really rely on. WebTitan is definitely one of them. So AVG's got their endpoint security, which is really great, but not the second one I was going to mention. But we, we do a lot with OpenDNS as well, which is uh, now Cisco Umbrella, I think they're calling it. I will say this, though. Uh, Umbrella is great. Integrates, great. WebTitan, however, fraction of the price, and it works really well. We just sell it to all our clients. Any managed services customer we have, we onboard them automatically and we tell them you have to have our antivirus, which is by AVG or Avast. 
You have to have our Web Titan, which does their web content filtering, and you have to have our managed services suite of products, if you will. And I guess say it works really well. So Web Titan is a application installed on the local user's computer, regardless of their location, they're filtered. You can do it that way. You can also do it by route location. You can, there's, there's many different ways to do it. It depends on your requirement. It depends on your need and it depends on how you want to structure it, but yes. Actually, I should mention one other that's really, really been good to us, Proofpoint. Oh my God, I love Proofpoint. We make so much money with Proofpoint, it's actually really disgusting. They charge us a buck and a half, I charge five bucks. What do you use Proofpoint for? For anti-spam, we use them for... uh, The really cool thing about Proofpoint is, so an email comes in, right? Mm -hmm. All the links within the email are checked. Not only are they checked, but they're redirected so that even if by the time you get the email... And by the time you click on that link, there's a difference, they validate it and they scrub the web page you're going to hit. So if you get an email that today is clean, the link, but tomorrow's not, when you go click that link and it sends you to a, a phishing site, they stop it. Oh, it's fantastic. Again, depending on the package you choose from $1 to $5 a month, we charge between $5 and $10 a month. We're making a flipping killing on them. There's three levels to proof point. There's one where it's just the basic. There's actually four. Four, yeah. Well, the highest level is the one that includes the encryption and the... And the email archiving. An archive. Just huge, huge. For eight, for eight, nine bucks a month, you're getting anti-spam, you're getting content filtering, you're getting phishing protection, you're getting security from encryption and archiving. Our proof point actually goes through excelmicro.com. Yeah, we used to do it through Excel. We moved over to Ingram. Yeah, Excel's pricing was actually cheaper than Ingram. Well, maybe it's a U.S. thing, but in Canada, Ingram was cheaper. At the end of the day, the distributor is irrelevant. Product's the same. Yeah, product's the same. It really is. So my business partner and I, we always say one thing, like distribution as we see it today, the Ingram, Cynix, Tech, Westcon, Pax8, all those guys in 10 years from now are going to have zero relevance. They really are. Like they, they will have absolutely no value to add to our business. Why? All they're doing is buying in bulk and selling it off. Guess what? Manufacturers, once they figure it out, they're going to... I would rather work with Amazon than I would with tech data nowadays. So much easier to work with. Shit gets delivered on time and it happens the way they promise. Amazon is their second trillion dollar company as of today. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Right? Recording of this of today. Right? So, and I truly firmly... And I remember years, a few years ago, I said, you know why distribution is irrelevant nowadays? I said this is one of the executives in distribution. So you know why distribution is irrelevant? Well, why? It's because of Amazon. You don't get it. I'm not your employee. I'm your customer. And Amazon gets that, but distribution doesn't. But that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my beef with Amazon as a cloud service, some of the things they offer is I can't find some of the quality products in Amazon that I can get from other vendors. That I agree with. Yeah. I do some research with Amazon, but then you're like, well, this doesn't meet my criteria. Yeah. Because it's the lowest bid dollar, but I can find it better from another reseller. So they're, they're not there yet from that standpoint. No, they're not. No. But they would love to be because, you know, the Amazon business side has contacted me on more than one occasion wanting to pump all my business through Amazon. But I keep pushing them off. When people think of cloud, they're thinking of my information is hosted somewhere out there in the internets. And that is true. The cloud and the internet are one and the same. We, we had a client once, this older person, they were like, so how do we get the information up to the clouds in the sky? <laughs> is it by satellite? Yeah, 
It is. So actually, we just attach letters to the balloons and let them go. <laughs> it saves the whales. Whales are important. Uh, we are a Dropbox reseller. We actually resell Dropbox. Yeah, so do we. Not the most profitable product. It is not. Um, e-folder is distribution only. And then you have Box. Yep. The big thing for cloud, I think, would be backup. So so we use, uh, before you go out of that, uh, we use something called Ignite for FileShare. It's similar to your Dropbox or Box services. Uh, that's what we sell. Great pricing. We've never had an issue with them at all. They're actually a really good company as well. I, I would have to say we're not an Ignite partner, but... And that's Ignite with an E. From what we've seen, actually, if you have a lot of customers that want cloud based file services. They're actually probably the way to go. We bundle Office 365, ShareWeb, um, and Ignite all into one press. But how are you competing with the free OneDrive that Microsoft bundles? It's free. Well, it's free, and then management is is horrible with OneDrive. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just asking how do you how do you overcome those objections with customers? We got a good salesperson. Ah. His name is Craig. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a double whammy. No, seriously. I mean, honestly, it, customers, we're their trusted advisor, right? So at the end of the day, we're saying, look, this is what we know. This is what, what we feel that is a better solution. Can you go with free? Yeah, you can always go with free. I, we had a customer today send us a link from their Spectrum Internet that they're offering them 100 gigs of free backup cloud storage. That doesn't mean that they're going to use that. That's not what we're going to use. You know, so there's always going to be that that kind of stuff. And you just got to get beyond it and, and say, hey, do you want to do it on a shoestring budget or do you want to professionalize your IT? And if you professionalize it, then you want to use the products and services that we're offering basically. Fair. However, I will say the one thing about Microsoft is they're, they're not the most organized company. They're not the most efficient solution, but they tend to figure things out. Give them time and Microsoft always gets it right. Like, like compare Windows 95 to Windows 10. It took them 20 years to get there, but eventually they tend to figure their market out. Not everything though. Not everything. I agree. 22 years, 23 years, Joe. Okay. So it was a couple of decades. 23, 23 years last week. Yeah. But who else has the market share <laughs> they do with from a, from a desktop or server OS perspective? Think about that. No, absolutely. So it took them a while to get there, but they got there right? Yeah. And you look at their free email service, you look at their SQL, it took them a while to get there. What's to say OneDrive won't get there as well? Microsoft did one thing with OneDrive that no one else did and everyone else followed suit. It was the cache links. So you don't actually store the files on your PC, taking up your desktop or laptop storage. It had a hyperlink to a, a file stored in the cloud, which, you know, for most people that are on broadband, it's not a big deal to download a two or three meg file. It takes a couple seconds. Everyone else followed suit after Microsoft came up with that concept. In all fairness, that means that anything is up for grab because I agree. They can tomorrow come with hardware. Yeah. They now have the surfaces. So does that mean that everybody should get out of the laptop game? I will say I kind of like my surface. So you're talking to the wrong person about that. <laughs> I really love my surface. Yeah. I had a Surface and I got rid of it. So there, there's going to be difference of opinion and customers are going to move with whatever makes sense to them. So yeah, I agree 100%. Don't tell me a MacBook. Oh my God, I'm going to hear it. Are you talking about my computer? Oh no, you're not using a MacBook. I have, I have about 40 computers. <laughs> my daily machine, if you were to ask me what I'm using when I'm at my favorite watering hole, 
uh, would be my MacBook Pro. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. That's so sacrilegious. But if you were to watch me use my MacBook Pro with the deafness I have with my controls, with my hand, it would amaze you the amount of work that I can get done in a short amount of time. Do you use Windows on it or... I do have Windows 10 installed on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And that's just for the gaming. That's just for the gaming. Right. Which is all in the cloud. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'll believe that one. I believe that one when I see it. But all things aside, Edge device is really irrelevant nowadays. Because if you have an iPhone or you have an Android phone, you have a, a Windows desktop or laptop or Mac. Uh, laptop, all of it is irrelevant because cloud services are really supposed to be indifferent based on your endpoint. Well, for example, I have the Adobe suite, so it doesn't matter PC or Mac. All my applications work the same on either machine. Yeah. So I do a lot of photography, my my Adobe uh, Lightroom, all my pictures are on both machines, so it doesn't matter. I can get them up on any, de- or, or my iPhone or iPad and uh, manipulate the pictures regardless of my location. So that saves me a ton of time. That's awesome. Cloud for the MSP, when they are looking looking for the products that suit them best. It's also, they need to listen to their customers just because they have a product that they truly like. They need to be flexible for their end users because not everything that we like works for our customers. Fair. I don't agree. <laughs> you force everybody in the same, like, go to this shoe. It's our solution and the customer has to fit our solution. If they don't, then that's not a good customer for us. Maybe I should back up. Maybe it's for the region or whatever they pick and choose. They need to make sure it's compatible for their client because some of our stuff doesn't work for some of our clients. Right. I, I got you. Now I get you. Yeah. But we, we stay flexible. We try to work with them and sometimes they don't fit and that's not a customer. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because as MSPs, sometimes we have to realize we know different than the bar space, if you will. We focus on technologies that we believe in and we want to support and want to become experts in. And like you all say, it's sometimes if the customer doesn't fit that mold, then they're not an ideal customer. But it's not because they're not an ideal customer for anyone. It's just specifically us because of our our strengths and what our specialties are, right? So we have to sometimes understand that if a customer comes to us and says, I want to deal with this cloud platform because my brother-in-law has that and they've got some bias towards something that you know nothing about or want to even explore, sometimes it's better to say, you know what, you need to call that guy because the amount of headache and effort that goes into supporting them long-term will far outweigh what your your opportunity costs are and what your profitability is going to be with that customer. So you got to really focus on sticking to your core strengths. That's the key. And finding good partners. Again, SureWeb is not a sponsor or related to us, but the three of us obviously found value in in working with them and and the value is you pay more but it's white glove treatment it's highly focused and certified people it's dealing with someone that knows what they're talking about and when we have an issue they know how to fix it and and likewise for any cloud platform it could be a collaboration platform it could be a security platform it could be whatever the play is that you're looking for from the cloud it could be infrastructure it could be platform etc cetera, etc cetera. if you're not big enough to become completely specialized in something and 100% of an expert in it, find someone who is, because that will drive more value to your clients than you pretending to be a god in everything. And sometimes I find that me admitting, hey, I really don't know this so well, but I have a partner that does and I trust them. 
will actually get me so much more credo and so much more loyalty from a customer than it will me trying to pretend. And, and it's being honest. Do any of you use AWS for virtual servers or anything like that? Yeah, we do. We do. And you like it? Amazon's good. Can you figure out their billing? That's the problem. Amazon's good from a cheap perspective and, and uptime, but going into it, whole, and, and Microsoft's no different. Azure, VMware Cloud, they're all the same. So ambiguous going into the billing once they got you hooked. That's when all the surprises come. I think that's on purpose. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The only cloud provider that I will say was completely honest upfront about their charges with no ambiguity whatsoever, SunGuard. Ironically, they're a 300% premium. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so you, you pay for it upfront, but you know what you're getting billed. Yeah. Because they hedge their bets, right? Yeah. I mean, that's very pricey. This isn't cloud-based, but you guys use any uh, co-location? Yeah, we do. It depends on the, again, of the client and the need. I've been burned before in the past, having it in one place, and then there's a routing issue that I cannot do anything about. Yeah, but pro and con to that is volume versus, so you get volume discounts. We do a lot with Equinix, and I got to say, they're sometimes a little more pricey, but Equinix actually treats us really well. We do a few hundred thousand dollars a year with them. They're good to us. We're good to them. I have a problem. They deal with it. Their support's great. For all their colo needs, they have all these cloud interconnects I need, and they've got their game together. But at the end of the day, if you spread too thin, sometimes you may not have the pull with that vendor to deal with things. I can tell you firsthand, I have a problem with Equinix. I call someone, it's dealt with. doesn't matter what data center I am in with them in the world, because we have stuff globally with them. They're really good to us because we do volume. With Equinox, I, I've used them in the past. Uh, we used to uh, have them in New Jersey. Their response is always was always great. And all we had was one rack. So it wasn't like we were doing a lot of business. It is pricey compared to maybe what, what I find here in the in the Texas area. But yeah, you do, you do get fantastic support in the time that we spent there, which was probably about four or five years. We never had any routing issues. The data center never went down. There was even a hurricane that went through real close and, and didn't, I think it was, uh, what was that hurricane in, in Jersey? It was is it um, Sandy? I don't know. Which one? You talking about Nancy? Sandy. Was it Sandy? <laughs> Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that hurricane went through and we never even had an issue. It continued to just work. So They're not the small guy on the block. They do charge a premium, but you know what? Actually, their, their service is really good. So we like them. We've been using them for over 10 years via acquisition when they came into Canada. But all things said, uh, you know what? I'm going to continue using them because I know the support's there. So Joe, what are you drinking? Today, I am actually deviating from the typical Scotch world. Bushmills, Irish. It's not Scotch. It's Irish. Irish whiskey. You know what, though? It's actually not bad. Yeah. Have you tried that, Craig? I have tried Bushmills. But however, if I were to drink an Irish whiskey, it would be Yellow Spot. Really? I've never tried Yellow Spot. Yeah, I do have yellow spot. It's finished in, I think, a Malaga and a sherry cask. It's a what? The barrels that it goes into, I think it goes into three different barrels. Okay. So it goes into a, uh, a Spanish a Spanish sherry, a Spanish Malaga, and a bourbon cask. Oh, wow. So it gives it a very sweet finish. What, how do you spell that? Yellow spot. S-P-O-T. Oh, yellow spot. So the color yellow and the word spot. No, I didn't. I, I misunderstood. If you can find yellow spot at your local uh, establishment, I would definitely recommend you pick up a bottle. Normal price between 70 and $80 for a bottle. If you can get it below 70 
What about green spot? No, do not get the green spot. Get it if you like, if you want to. It's cheaper. It's most likely going to be available. But if you really want to find the gem. It's funny because the green spot Chateau Montelena Irish whiskey in, in Canada is actually more expensive than the yellow spot Irish. I've not heard the fancy bottle you just said, but... There's the Green Spot Irish Whiskey, and then there's Green Spot Chateau Montelet. I've not had that one. I've not had that one. Okay, so I'm going to add that to my cart. <laughs> add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend Yellow Spot. That is a great Irish whiskey. Very smooth. I like my whiskey. That's my problem. I, I had, um, over the weekend, I, I tried the, uh, the one we talked about at the last podcast. Um, the Abelure? Abelure, yeah, yeah, that was good. I didn't do, I didn't do the the, the special one. I did the twelve year and uh, just to try it out. And it was, it, it's good. I like it. It's great. It's great. Did you did you put it on the rocks and let it breathe a little bit? Yeah, it it reminded me a lot of the uh, um, of the double wood because it comes from two you know two casks. I think it's the same type of casks also. Yes. Uh, it was really, really good. Giovanni came by the house. We had a couple of drinks as well. So it was... Uh, uh, I think we saw the bottle and there were more than a couple of drink out of that. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Yeah. I have to admit the Abelure is very good. But obviously we could talk about a bunch of different whiskeys, but... Yeah, we have a lot of podcasts to go. We can talk about whatever you want. The uh, the Yellow Spot is definitely one I would pick up over the Bushmills. It, but it depends on the age of the Bushmills, I would I suspect. So, so here's my shopping cart with the um, Ontario Flicker Board. <laughs> Uh, I have an Elijah Craig, small basque, yellow spot, and have a green spot, Chateau Mortelena. I would like to try that one. Montelena. Mortelena. I'm going to try that one. Montelena. I'm going to try it. Why? Because it's a dollar more than the yellow spot, so it must be <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> so you guys have anything else you want to uh, give to the, to the listeners? Drink a lot of scotch as a managed service provider. It gets you through your days. <laughs> Scotch in the cloud. Guys, uh, listeners, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, today was a rough day for all of us. We had a little bit of an intervention before the podcast, uh, but um, thank you for listening. As always, uh, like and visit itforwhiskey.com. All I got to say is thank you very much for listening to our episode, and we hope that uh, you come back for more. Take it away, Kev. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. It's wiki wiki. My bottle doesn't squeak anymore. I am the destroyer. You could have stopped recording a long time ago.